Welcome to the Walk Boldly with Jesus podcast. I am your host, Katherine Duggan. I created this podcast to inspire you to walk boldly in your Christian faith. Each weekday, I will talk about scripture and how these verses can relate to your everyday life. Spending time each day with the Word of God is a great way to fortify your faith. I'm so glad to have you along on this journey. Let's get started. The title of today's episode is, How Can I Be More Fruitful and Effective? The scripture verse is 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 5-7. to seven. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. I chose this verse today because it is the verse that follows yesterday's verse. This is a continuation or a part two from yesterday. We are still in the second letter of Peter, And he's talking about what qualities keep us from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. We talked about the verses right before this one yesterday. One of the things we talked about is how we are granted the divine power through our knowledge of God. Today we talk about what qualities keep us from being ineffective and unfruitful. Who wants to be ineffective and unfruitful? I know I don't. I love verses like this because although I know I don't have to do anything for God to love me, and I know I don't have to earn my place in heaven, I still love to learn how I can grow closer to the Lord. I love to learn various ways I can become more like Jesus. I love to learn how I can be more effective and fruitful. If I am loving this, then I am sure I'm not the only one. This is why when I read verses like this, I get so excited to share them. I love helping others to figure out how they can grow in holiness too. Let's take a look at what this verse says. The verse begins by saying, For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. Peter is giving us a list of qualities that will help us to grow. Right at the start, he says, make every effort. Peter is not telling us that we have to do this. He's not telling us to stress out about this. He's not telling us that we have to be perfect at this. He's telling us to try hard to do it. He's telling us to do our best to make every effort to do these things. The next few lines I will quote directly from yesterday's article, as I feel Daryl Dash gives a good explanation as to what Peter meant by supplementing our faith. Peter says we're to supplement our faith. What he means is this. If we really are depending on God's power to give us everything we need, then this must work itself out in some very practical ways. We must rely on God's resources if we're going to grow. And when we rely on these resources, we'll take some steps to grow. So how do we grow? Peter lists some of these steps in the verse. 
he asks us to supplement the first thing with the second thing in this list. First, he says to supplement our faith, which is trusting God, which is where it all begins, with virtue, which is moral excellence, which means that we change from the inside out. Yes, we need to have faith in God. We need to trust God. And we also need to have virtue. We need to strive for moral excellence. We need to not just say we trust God and then sit back and watch as he does all the work. We need to do our part too. We can begin with supplementing our faith with developing more virtue. Second, he says, supplement virtue, again, this moral excellence, with knowledge, which is the growth in our knowledge of God. Now that we are growing in virtue, we also need to grow in our knowledge of God. These two things can actually go hand in hand. As you grow in virtue, you will want to grow in your knowledge of God. And as you grow in your knowledge of God, you will grow in virtue. Third, Peter says, supplement knowledge with self-control, which is the ability to restrain ourselves from sinful desires. If I had to pick one, that would probably be the hardest for me. I think I would pick this one. I love to grow in my knowledge of God. Where I would find it hard is supplementing that with self-control. I struggle with self-control a lot. I am wondering if it is because I'm trying to do it with my own power instead of the divine power we were given. That is probably exactly the problem. I think most times when we can't figure out what the problem is, It is most likely us trying to do things in our own strength, or on our own time, or in our own way. God is asking us to grow in our knowledge of Him, and at the same time, grow in our self-control. Why is this so hard for us? Why do we struggle so much with doing what is right? The fourth thing on Peter's list is to supplement self-control with steadfastness, which is to stay faithful not just for a short time, but over the long haul. This is another hard one. We are pretty fickle people. We like something or someone one day, and then when the wind shifts, we no longer like that thing or that person. I can see how these two can go hand in hand. If you are steadfast with your commitments, if you show up and do them day in and day out, whether you want to or not, you will grow in your self-control. At the same time, you will struggle with being steadfast if you don't have any self-control. They rely on each other and they help each other grow. When you grow in one, you will grow in the other. Next, the verse says to supplement steadfastness with godliness, which is living a godly life. Remember when I said that self-control would be the hardest one for me? Well, I think I may have to take that back as they seem to keep getting harder the further down the list we go. Living a godly life is definitely not easy, although I guess it is easier if you are being steadfast and you are growing in your self-discipline. I think it's interesting that these are all so interconnected. I just looked up, what does it mean to have a godly life, as I wasn't really sure, and I found what I think is a great way to explain it. This quote is from Pastor Colin Smith, and I will put a link for his article, What's the Secret to Living a Godly Life, in the show notes, in case you're wondering what the secret is. 
Here's the quote I really liked. Godliness, a God-centered life, is not a set of disciplines or a system. It's a person. The mystery of a godly life lies in the person of our Lord Jesus Christ, who appeared in a body and was vindicated by the Spirit. Jesus Christ is godliness in the flesh. He has lived the God-centered life, and our hope of living a godly life is in Him. Jesus Christ is the object of our faith, and Jesus Christ is the source of our life. Isn't that beautiful? If we want to grow in our godliness, we need to look to Jesus, not just as our example of how to live, but as our source of strength to live that way. Peter goes on to say we should supplement godliness with brotherly love, which is the affection of a family that comes with long familiarity and deep bonds. One definition went on to say, Yes, you will fight. You will bicker. But if someone tries to bully your family member, the brotherly love will show a very powerful side to it. I can see how this could come after godliness, as I'm pretty sure Peter's not just talking about our families here. I think he's wanting us to treat everyone we meet with this brotherly love. If that is the case, it makes sense why it would come after godliness. First, we need to look to Jesus and ask him to help us live the way he lived. And this means loving our neighbors in this familiar way. We definitely need his help to do this, as not everyone seems lovable to us. We definitely don't want to rush to the defense of everyone we meet. We don't even want to talk to some people we meet. And yet those are probably the ones that need our love the most. Lastly, Peter says we should supplement our brotherly love with love, which is the virtue that sums up all other virtues. Love is defined in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 to 8 to A. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. I can see why this would come after brotherly love. That is hard enough, and then we supplement it with love? We use the word love a lot in our culture. We don't usually differentiate what type of love either. We say, we love pizza, we love ice cream, we love our family, and we love God. There's just one word that has many different meanings. Or maybe not different meanings, but different levels. I think we would all agree that we don't love pizza as much as we love God. Although with my husband, it may be close as he loves pizza. If we can start by loving our neighbors with a brotherly love, then maybe with the help of Jesus, we can start to love others with the kind of love it talks about in 1 Corinthians. Imagine what a different world it would be if we were patient and kind to all we met. What if we were not envious or boastful? What if we weren't arrogant or rude? Imagine how great it would be to not insist we were right all the time, to not be irritable or resentful. 
Imagine if we didn't rejoice in the wrongdoing of others, but we rejoiced in the truth. Imagine if we were able to bear all things, believe all things, hope all things, and endure all things. Can you even imagine how different our lives would be? Just asking those questions has got me wondering, how can I do that? What do I need to do to be that person that embodies love? What came to my mind when I started wondering how I could do this is to just start with one of these qualities and focus on it. Then when I was doing better with that one, I could move on to the next one. For instance, I could focus on just being more patient and kind for a whole month. Then I can focus on not being envious or boastful, and so on. I think I will try to divide these up into 12 months and focus on one each month. If you would like to join me, I will give it some more thought on how we can do this, and I will include my thoughts in my newsletter. My thought is that we could assign each one to a month of the year and remind ourselves each day what we are focusing on for that month. I am excited to see the difference in a year from now if we intentionally focus on loving others better. I hope you will join me, and I hope you will check in with me and let me know how it's going. If you would like more info on this, it will be in my newsletter. If you're not already receiving my newsletter, there will be a link to sign up for it in the show notes. Or you can just go to walkboldlywithjesus.com and click on the link for the audio training about how to invite Jesus into your everyday activities, and that will add you to my newsletter list. I know this episode is on the longer side. However, I hope it's giving you lots of great ideas of how to be more effective and fruitful in getting to know the Lord. I had intended to go over the next two verses today as well, but I have kept you long enough. I promise to cover the next two verses on Thursday. Stay tuned. Dear Heavenly Father, I ask you to bless all those listening to this episode today. Lord, we are so grateful you gave us such wonderful fathers of the church to teach us. We thank you for St. Peter and all his wisdom. Lord, we ask you to help us grow in all these virtues. We ask that you show us the way and give us the strength, wisdom, and knowledge. We ask that you give us a hunger to live the life you want us to live, not the one we want to live. Lord, you are amazing and we love you so much. Lord, for all those who want to join me in this quest to love others better, to live out the definition of love that you gave us in 1 Corinthians, I pray that you give us the ability to be steadfast with our efforts and to grow in our self-control. We ask all of this in accordance with your will and in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining me on this journey to walk boldly with Jesus. Tomorrow's witness is my new friend Megan. Megan has an amazing witness to how God worked upstream in ways she had no idea he was working. It's awesome how God does that. He arranges all things for our good. It's nice when we read that in scripture, and yet it's even more real when we see how he's doing it in our own lives. You will not want to miss her witness tomorrow. I can't wait to share it with you. Remember, Jesus loves you, and so do I. Have a blessed day.